Hello, thank you for clicking play. If you're passionate about supporting small business, small creators and are enjoying the podcast, I would love if you considered supporting me and the show via Patreon. You'll find the link in the show notes where you can join us from as little as £3.50 a month. You'll be supporting the making of the show, enable me to keep the show ad free, get behind the scenes content, blog posts and lots more. Just click the link in the show notes to find out more. Now, on with the show. Welcome to Independent Thinking, the podcast exploring a new era for the high street. We'll be celebrating those who are doing wonderful, creative things in the most difficult of circumstances. It's about going behind the scenes of businesses and shops you love that you look forward to visiting that add joy to your high street. Today, I'm delighted to be joined by Leslie from the pastry section. Nestled in the heart of Stockbridge, the pastry section is a bakery for anyone with a sweet tooth. Established in 2017, it is a contemporary bakery that you won't find baking sausage rolls or offering sandwiches anytime soon, for this place celebrates all that is sweet. From loaf cakes, tray bakes, biscuits, to sandwich cakes, sponges and patisserie, this place is a must for anyone for whom a cup of coffee isn't complete without a side of something sweet to indulge in. Thank you so much for joining us on the show, Leslie. How are you doing? Good morning. I'm good, Alexandra. How are you? I'm good. Yeah, it's such a such a pleasure to have you on. You know, the, I spoke to, I told a friend that you were going to come on the podcast and she said, oh my God, she's got the best Instagram and like the most oh. dreamy business. So she's like living the actual dream. So there's a lot of, a lot of excitement from my friendship group oh, for sure. That's amazing. <laughs> Seeing in your travel. Um, so for those, I know I've introduced you a bit before and just to tell a bit about the business, but for those who don't live in Scotland or those who don't live in Edinburgh, tell us a bit more about what the pastry section is all about. So it's obviously a specialises in, in sweet treats. For those who are savoury persuasion, not, it's not for them. No. And it's for indulging that sweet tooth. So tell us tell us more about how this all came about. Where did the idea come from? So um, oh, I mean, many listeners may have heard my story, but I actually was a nurse and nursed for 15 years um, and loved it. But as a small child, I always baked and cooked uh, and it had been something that I loved. Um, And friends would come and I would bake for them and they always said, you need to open somewhere. You know, you need to get something, you need to open somewhere. And I always was like, no, no, this is fine. This is sticking to what I do, uh, blah, blah, blah. So had a great career as a nurse and had some I had a run of really sad um uh, cases that I looked after some patients that I looked after and I have told this story a million times but I it is the old saying of life is too short Mm. and I started to uh, look at maybe me doing something else and I thought, right, what am I good at? What else can I do? Um, so, yeah, I, before I knew it, I had signed up to Telford College and I was back wow. being a student. So I still continued to nurse and go to college full time. And I got another qualification, which then led me to taking a job as a chocolatier, which allowed me to leave nursing. 
Wow. Uh, which was a big step uh, for, for everybody. Because at the time, you know, as a single mum, and everybody's like, oh my goodness, what are you doing? And I was like, well, you know, y- you know, if it doesn't work, it doesn't work and I can change. But anyway, so um, ended up uh, taking a job as a chocolatier and was head of production for a small company in Dunfermline, which opened up lovely opportunities for me. And I got to work in some amazing projects. And unfortunately, that business came to an end um, and I found myself gracefully unemployed <laughs> uh, which, is, which was yep so everybody's like you're going to go back to nursing which I couldn't because I hadn't I, my registration had lapsed and I was like no I left for a reason you know come on follow your dreams so um, I then started to pursue looking to open a shop um, which is a lot harder than you think uh, financially trying to get some you know financial backing trying to find the right pro- premises um, and actually, the shop front we're in at Reburn Place just now um, was my last. If I didn't get that property, we were giving up. Like it was that was it. I wasn't going to pursue it any longer because so many doors had been closed and so many you know properties we went to see, and then so, the landlord went with somebody else. And and so when you were looking for somewhere, did you have what was in your mind? What was in your head when you were searching for the right shop? What was I wanted? Yeah, so I always wanted, I have to be honest, Stockbridge wouldn't have been my first choice. Okay. Uh, I probably was looking for somewhere, you know, yeah, I probably felt we maybe wouldn't have fitted, or I wouldn't have fitted in in Stockbridge. Oh, um, <laughs> and it, yeah, it just probably wouldn't have been my, I loved always visiting Stockbridge and going to all the shops there and you know, on a Sunday going to the market myself, but as a, it wasn't the place that pulled me. Um, and I always wanted somewhere small. I didn't want a big shop. So anywhere we did look for, uh, it was always quite small and cosy. Um, and, but yeah, so actually, yeah, they, what, they, so only, the only place I looked at in Stockbridge was the shop we're in. Um, oh. And I did, I we did obviously get it. Um, and then, yeah, then my world turned upside down. Um, but, but, right, so you're in the premises, you've got, you've signed lease after, because how much hunting, how long did that take? I mean, it was find... over about 18 months, I would say. Which for some people, you know, there might be other, some other startup business listening to this thinking that's actually not that long, because I know of people that have been looking a lot longer than that. But for me, you know, out of work, you know, it, it yeah. just felt like a long, long time. It's also exhausting, isn't it? Because uh-huh. you're having to go through all this thing again so when you finally got the place on Rayburn Rayburn uh-huh. Place what how did you envisage did you have a really strong idea of what you wanted it to feel like because in your you talk a bit about a being a an undaunting space a friendly yeah. space yeah. so when you were de- designing and you used Splinter didn't you did you yes, work with Splinter did, yeah. so how how did you begin creating what you've got now so it's really funny because actually we're about to we're actually about to work with Splinter again because the shop's actually going to get changed again because, and that comes from some changes we have recognised to be successful uh, during COVID. The window where we now display the thing, the things, there's a lovely marble sort of space at the front window um, and that was going to be where I worked. So I'd, we have a tiny, we have a tiny kitchen. If anybody could see where mm. me and those girls 
bang out all that stuff with no window. Um, so we have a tiny space and I just didn't want to be in there all the time. I wanted to be out. I wanted to, people to see us making the stuff. Um, so I had said, wouldn't it be amazing if people were walking past and I was in the window doing things? Um so that was a big thing yeah. and then I always wanted a big open display so again hence why we had the big open display with everything out I didn't want anything sort of hidden or in jars or covered up or in wrapped in cellophane or any of that because the idea of the shop was always to bake sell out start again so everything was to be fresh I cannot bear three-day-old cake that is everywhere in Edinburgh. Um, so I, that was, There's enough places doing that, don't worry about it. <laughs> exactly. So, so that was the thing. So the big thing for me was a space where I could work, a big space for us to have the display, and then I didn't really want lots of seating. Um, I predominantly wanted a takeaway shop that people came in, bought some lovely things and went away. So we went for quite minimalist seating that wasn't particularly comfy. Um, but I was a bit like, we wanted people to come in, love what they saw, got a feel for the people that were behind the business and went away again. Mm. But what we actually found was um, the window didn't work because people come in with dogs and I couldn't work hygienically with people being able to get to me as easy as they could. So that soon became a, you can't use that space. The shop also became very busy and that front window became a pool for people. So lots of people want to sit there, take their Instagram photos. That's the ah. spot they want to be in. Um, and then more and more people came and wanted to sit in. And actually at points... The shop just becomes so busy and quite and actually it's not a comfortable space it gets sweaty in the winter it's noisy because <laughs> not, there's nothing to absorb the acoustics so there's everything's wood everything's metal there's no soft furnishings and it can be like I have been sitting out with other customers and we're, we're chatting and the pair of us have thought this is really not a great place to be. <laughs> you know, you know the windows steamed up because of the ventilation. You know, uh, but in saying that, everybody's having a great time. Everybody's enjoying what they're yeah. having, and that's more what it's about. I, I said, I suppose daunting space term comes from. I did not want to be one of these. Um, places that you go in and you're actually too scared to ask for a cappuccino because cappuccino yeah. was so 1994 so like an eyebrow raise <laughs> yeah um, which I get a lot um so I didn't want it to become that that place I wanted it to serve great things and lovely coffees and really nice teas but I didn't want MD to ever feel that they couldn't come in and just ask for a white coffee or um and I think that's what it was about I think sometimes my experience of going into places and I I mean I have done my research um I am often not always greeted in the friendliest way or felt my choices or what I've asked for have been you know you know yeah so I wanted to create this 
place that yeah. people if you came in on your own or you came in with a group or whatever age you were or you would just feel as if you could come in and have a nice time and sit and enjoy and I think that was a big thing for me because so much of my experiences in coffee places in Edinburgh aren't always like that. Yeah I also I think the word undaunting to me brings to mind the, the feeling of being a little bit intimidated by <laughs> patisserie sometimes and the feeling of god using the right cake fork and all of that I mean, did you is that something that you brought to mind when you started your training did you have to start with patisserie did is that where you kind of cut your teeth oh, i had to no oh goodness i had to do a whole thing i had to go back and do a uh, so my course was called professional cookery oh. so i had to do everything so for the first year i did six weeks of pastry so a full year <laughs> I had to, all I did was six weeks of pastry. I had to do butchery and everything else so that I could pass that year and then I could do a full year of just doing pastry. Oh, wow. So I did butchery, I did front of house, um, I did spill wine over somebody. Uh, <laughs> you have and to do it. Had, you have to learn yeah, the hard way. <laughs> so I had to do everything main courses, starters, everything. Uh, so I didn't. Uh, so I had to do that first year before I could get on to the next year and I just did pastry for a full year then um so so I did tra- I mean I loved my college course and I loved my my um my tutor boy he's amazing um but I think I, I mean it taught me how to time manage better or how to um like how you could prep days in advance and how a service would run in a restaurant I got a bigger understanding of all that but in terms of my baking I think I still the things I bake now are probably still taken from what I would have baked at home but that's brilliant that's what gives you that edge though isn't it because it's like people can enjoy things that they well they might well I was going to say might cook at home but but actually leveled up because it's things that actually it's like a sort of professional version of something that you would enjoy and they're beautiful creations Leslie like they're really they're stunning as well like just to I mean I don't I don't say what you like about the space I think it's an absolute joy to to eat a cake (laughs) in there and when you talk about the, the the feeling of the of the of the place so you do you do quite a lot of training with your team then to kind of embed that idea of them feeling welcoming or do you just maybe it's just picking the right people isn't it it's about picking the picking the right people and that it can be hard I mean we're, we're not it yeah it, it can be hard for people I think also as well um some of my the the, the girls I've had in the kitchen it can be quite difficult for them because I you know I am the pastry <laughs> section um and that's not me being big-headed because I am I'm furthest from that. I mean, I would rather nobody saw I wouldn't rather nobody saw my face or I was invisible <laughs> to be perfectly honest. But um, I am the pastry section, and I have you know absorbed it into me, and I'm in in the walls there. And people come to speak to me, and I spend a lot of time speaking to customers, and that can be quite hard for the staff to to start to understand that I give so much of myself to it and it's encouraging them to do the same it's encouraging them to get to know the customers and um speak to them um 
but yet it's always it, it is hard and we have been I mean I was extremely lucky the team I got to open the shop were incredible and I will always be forever grateful for that the, the first people I had I mean they have all sadly moved on but I feel that the team I had when we first opened was I was so strong that that did help and they did understand what I wanted to bring. So they they believed in me and they believed in what we were doing and they understood what I was trying to do. And and they and Barbara and Borja loved the shop as yeah. much as I did. So that was easy and that's what pulled people in. But it was always something that I was always I'm always trying to push to make people yep as friendly as as we can be I mean it's hard at times but we you know um that is it is really important for me and we have had we had a tough ride it wasn't always yeah so tell us about it so you opened in 2017 and then so how how, tell us more about that journey of when you started you've got the shop looking beautiful you've worked with the designers you've got exactly what you're looking for and I suppose you've you've got your menu together so if you had did you have a few ideas in your head about what exactly you wanted maybe a a, a few recipes that you were going to start with or yeah 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 so we had I had a idea of what I wanted what what was always going to be on there a big thing for me was the Mm. tarts because nobody I don't think you can get really good tarts in this city nobody really does them um so that was always going to be a big thing for me um and then yeah everything else was the things we started with were things I had probably always baked and loved uh so they were just natural things that were always going to be in the counter but things have evolved massively um and it's really funny that the things I thought people would buy they didn't so we did used to stock macaron and we had other smaller desserts and little pots um like little panna cottas and things and they just did not sell that is not what people were Ah. interested in um but it was funny yeah I mean the shop yeah, we we opened like it was a case of the shop was finished. We had some, you know, you're trying. We're doing some trial days of, you know, doing all the things we were going to do, and then the old the it's the thing we ran out of money and I had to open. We, you know, you have yeah. you've spent. I mean, doing the shop itself and buying all the equipment we needed, um, and it was a case of we just need to open those doors. Like, there's no point in thinking about it anymore. There's no point in baking like yeah. five more carrot cakes that you've been baking for 15 years, <laughs> 20 years. Let's like, just get just on with it. It's yeah. a case of like, that is it. We're opening on Thursday. Um, so it was a case of opening those doors and trying to get the people in. And we had a, we had a lovely first day, obviously, every day that knew me came and it was great. And then we had quite a nice weekend that followed that. And then we were open on the Monday Um and I think we took £150 that day. Gosh. And, yeah. And I'm, just, I'm, you're not... sitting a, I'm just thinking, you're sitting around looking at all the staff you're paying as well and thinking yeah. all the lights are on, all this stuff that you're having to... And you're just looking and the, I could feel the the staff feeling it as well. And, and I'm thinking, oh, my goodness, what have you done? And why is nobody coming? Like, what, what's yeah. wrong? Um and maybe it's just because it's a Monday and blah 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 
Um, so at the start as well, we were closed Tuesday, Wednesday because I my gut feeling was that you know you don't need to be open every day. So if I look at other shops, probably in Europe as well, that they don't they're not open seven days a week all the time. We're very much here Monday to fr- Monday to Sunday, you know, eight till six or nine till five. We've got to be open all the time. Blah blah blah. Actually, we don't need to be open all the time. And that was my thought process. I wanted to have one decent day off, a day of prep, and then back. And generally, your busiest days are Thursday to Monday. Mondays are actually a really good day to be open in Edinburgh because, A, yes, lots of places are closed. Mm. Bank holidays fall on a Monday, blah, blah, blah. Mm. So we were closed Tuesday, Wednesday to start as well. And then nobody understood that. Like, why would a shop open? (laughs) and be closed for two days midweek like nobody could understand that thought process from me um and yeah we we took 150 pounds and I thought oh my goodness what are we going to do and it was hard we I had I literally had to dig as deep as I've ever had to dig bet, yeah um and I said I just kept saying to people just stick with it if we do it well and we can consistently do it well and we are friendly and we People that come will come and then they'll just come back again. So let's just stick with it. And we were very, very lucky in some early days that we got some lovely customers that came to visit us. I think you could probably call them influencers, but um, without me trying, like I did it. I mean, when we opened the shop, I had never really done Instagram before. So it was a thing I downloaded for the the shop. I had never, I mean... Um, you wait, wouldn't know it by looking at your Instagram. So they, um, so yeah, it was hard, and I just said, "Come on, just let's dig deep." And that's then where people told me to change my business model. Like, why aren't you doing soup and sandwich? Why, why aren't you doing savory things? And that's where the because every day for about a year we got asked, "Can do you do a bacon sandwich? Do you do a bacon roll?" So that's where the no bacon roll things comes from, <laughs> uh, because we got asked constantly. You know, oh, I'm here. We want some lunch, and and I'm like, oh no, it's all about the sweet things and. Um, and people did try and try and try to get me to do savoury options but we would have became another generic cafe on that street there are plenty of places on there that do amazing lunches and I don't I I don't want to compete with them for that I wanted to do one thing do it well and that's it if we started doing sandwiches we'd become diluted we would yeah. You, you know need to buy more ingredients for that the kitchen would have changed because we would have had to have had meat fridges and that and that's not what I want to do I mean Absolutely. I love savory cooking but that isn't what I want to do every day and we we just had to oh I mean even the staff started to say <laughs> oh maybe we should do what about a quiche and I was like you have to be joking me um but I think the most thing we always got the bacon rolls but one Sunday morning 9.05 somebody came to the door and they're like I'm looking for a tuna panini <laughs> we're just like no it's not happening like it was very specific it was like, like a grilled tuna panini and Slam we were just like right no we're just like done um so yeah you just have to you just stick have to, yeah yeah and I think I honestly the businesses I admire most are probably the businesses that stick to their original idea mm-hmm. and just go with it 
Um, it can, I gather it can be hard. And, I mean, we didn't make a lot of money for a while. Um, and we didn't have the numbers coming through the door that, you know, I hoped for. Mm. But as I say, gradually just people came. They enjoyed what they had. They liked the space. Um, and we attracted, as I said, some nice customers that, I mean, I didn't even know who half of them were. And as I say, a customer actually had to show me how to read my DMs because they were like, I have been posting things about this shop and <laughs> uh, I've been sending you messages. And I was like, oh, I don't know. So they took the phone and showed me. And play yeah. hundreds, play hundreds of Americans. <laughs> like, and then I was like, oh my goodness, how have I missed this? Uh, but that's what you get for being 40 odds. <laughs> it's that Instagram set, isn't it? It's like, yes. yeah. And, and a lot of them are so passionate about like local business and, and yes. about kind of doing that, which is which is such a which is fantastic. But how, so how long did it take you to kind of find your feet then as a business to sort of feel like you were getting in the flow and you really sort of um yeah get, owning I suppose what you were doing I would probably say when we hit the year mark I kind of felt we had done okay we had survived um you know we got through the first year um just uh, and I mean, there have been moments where I have just wanted to give it up. I have not wanted, I wanted to close the door and not go back. But that was out mm. of sheer exhaustion. I mean, the first year, I basically didn't come home. Yeah. Um, I would come home, spend a bit of time with my family, go back to the shop and be there till the early hours. Uh, people would pass the shop, the light would still be on at midnight, they would be waving in at me. Um, and I would be in every morning, just push, push, pushing as hard as I could. And I mean, yeah, I would definitely say the first year I felt, yep, we, we've managed and we can do this. But again, it still needed a massive push. Um, yeah. It's these hours, though, not only as a business owner, but particularly in hospitality, the, the hours that people put in. I think if people could only see <laughs> or the hours and the love that goes into it, particularly, yeah, like I say, in hospitality, looking after people, making sure that everything's prepped, all the and you're just constantly thinking five steps ahead all the time. Yep. And it, it is exhausting, isn't it? Oh, it's it's ex- I, I sometimes don't think people realize how much you put into something and I think that's when people sometimes question the price of something Mm. Um, and that can be hard because it's it's not just about the raw ingredients it's about our time and people don't see how much effort we put into something Mm. Um, and I think that is you know that can be hard but the hours are relentless and that you you know, we have to work weekends, you know, mm-hmm. that is the time where people are out and about and we, you know, that's hard. Mm-hmm. And I try, I mean, I try as hard as I can to ensure my team, you know, the the the, the guys work amazing for me. I can't, I, you know, the people I've had, they work really hard, they stick to the hours, they, you know, but I try to be as fair as I can. Mm-hmm. And I would never ask somebody to do something that I haven't done before or or to come in earlier than I am coming in. So on a Saturday, uh, I start at 4 a.m. Good Lord. 
Um, so, uh, yeah, I'm brushing my teeth when taxis are bringing people home. Um, and I start at four, but I would never ask them to start at four. So they, they, their earliest start is five. And at the weekend when I wasn't there, the girls were like, I said, no, if you don't want to do the four start, don't. And they both came in at five, but they did say to me, we did miss your four o'clock start because it's a lot of stuff to get done in the time. Yeah. Um, were you getting a jump on everything? Yes. Yeah, before everyone arrives. Yeah, I just I just felt we were getting to the point where the shop was getting so busy and we were just adding product, adding product. I mean, the display at one point, um, like the old display that we had in the shop, but obviously it's different now, we're takeaway and it's all in the window. We couldn't fit everything on there. <laughs> Now that display must be what two, three, two, three meters long, and we yeah. could not fit any any more stuff on it, wow. and it was just getting too stressful for me. So we were hitting, you know, time for the sh- shop to open, and the idea of the shop was always that, like, what I wanted the first customers through the door should be getting the breakfasty type things. They shouldn't be maybe wanting the four layer Oreo cake at eight o two. So we would always have as much as we could by opening time, but then the display would build. Ah. So, you know, the first people in would see the display as it was. And then as you were sitting, maybe having your coffee or coming for takeaway, more stuff was coming out. Oh, I love um, that. So it and evolved the, the, during the day. I love Yeah, yeah I love the, the whole display was just, yeah, that you, you, you know, you didn't come in. It's, you know, we're not a generic coffee shop where, you know, the girls have just pulled everything out of tubs and, polystyrene boxes and put it all out and it's all there and they can replenish it through the day that's not what we were about we were about people seeing that you know basically four hands had made all this stuff and we couldn't possibly have everything out by eight o'clock but we were trying our hardest to get what people really should be wanting at eight o'clock it's slightly different now that we're running as a takeaway that we, there is a pressure to have everything in the display. It's not as easy as it was. Well, tell you know, us a bit about that, actually. So, Because at the moment, so you're, you've got that safe server around yeah, the door yeah, that yeah, yeah. designed. Splinter, yeah. It's amazing. God, they're really core of the market. Oh, um, they have. <laughs> and beautiful design. So how, yeah, how has it been in trying to, having to evolve, completely change how you serve people during this time? it's it it ha- i mean don't get me wrong it's amazing for us i mean the change a the change in the perception of the shop for the the, the non pastry section um visitor so somebody that's never been before because they can see the product mm. So before they couldn't. So mm-hmm. as we talked about before, that it's a non-daunting space. You know, that's what I was trying to achieve. To some people, it was a very daunting space. Mm-hmm. It was stark. They couldn't see what we say, sold. They didn't understand the name. You know, the pastry section, what's that about? You know, um, and lots of people just didn't come in because they didn't know what we were doing. And lots of people didn't come in because they would look in and there would be no customers there. Because, you know, at lunchtime, we don't have it. We sometimes, when we before, wouldn't have any customers from 12 till 2 because we're missing, we don't have anything for lunch. I see, So people would look in and it would be an empty shop and, yeah, they just wouldn't want to come in. Like, why, oh, God, why is there nobody in that place, you know? (laughs) Um, So for us, that has made a massive difference. 
and a lot of people that probably lived in and around Stockbridge or came and visited in Stockbridge didn't realise we baked everything. Ah. And now they do. And that's a big thing for me. Like, who who bakes the stuff? We get that. We got that asked a lot. Like, where do you get the stuff from? Who's baking for you? Wow. And I would come out head to toe covered in flour and whatever. <laughs> being like, um, You must so, be so proud, though, when you can say, oh, yeah, we all do it ourselves. Or you yeah, do it. Or I do it. Yeah. Oh, it's a lovely. And then people's reaction to that is like, really? Like, like. So for us, the takeaway has, yeah, it's brought more customers. It's brought us more appreciation from people that we do do it all. Um, and it's been it's been a really good learning curve for me for the business. And it's funny because I touched on this earlier that I really wanted a takeaway business. I didn't want a sit-in cafe. Mm. So the changes we're about to make with Splinter are probably the shop probably when we get to open when when we get to open again will be how I probably wanted the shop to be in the first place so that's for me that is so lovely you know that I've been able to go you know I've been on this massive I'd hate to use the word journey but I have been on this massive you know learning curve like like a crazy learning curve but we're now getting to that we will by the end of this year have a new shop that you know there'll still be touches of the old shop we're not going crazy but it it will feel as if yeah this is this is what I wanted that's wonderful can and you that's tell, lovely can you tell us any things are in the pipeline for how it's going to look or yeah so the display will stay in the window that will not change and uh, the seating will change there will be less seating it will be nicer more comfortable seating but there will be less of it and there will be no kind of um (laughs) room for squeezing 20 bottoms in that shop anymore because at some points on a busy Sunday afternoon, we we did count, there would have been about 20-odd people in there. And that shop is plus people standing to take away, plus four members of staff, plus two bakers. Like, that is ridiculous. Um, so yeah. <laughs> um, the, that will change. The, the big thing for me is we will have baker workspace in the shop. So people will see us ah, actively doing stuff. That's really exciting. So that means, because the problem is people do come and shout me to come out and chat and I will naturally come out to speak, you know, to people uh, and it does hold me up a bit. But so it means I can multitask. I can talk to somebody, but still be doing something. Ideal. So the girls won't be like, oh, she's off chatting to such and such again and I've got a list of my alone. Um, so, yeah, and it'll be nice. The girls can, they, you know, People know me, they don't always get to speak to their members of staff, especially the bakers as much, because they are through the back. But um, they will be able to engage a bit more and people will get to know the full team a bit more. Um, and, yeah, really people exciting. are making the stuff. So uh, so that's a big thing. So, yep, yeah, display in the window, reduce seating, but comfier seating. And then we will be actively out there baking and making that's, things that people that's can fantastic. Yeah. So we can look forward to that kind of end of the year by the end of the, the end yeah, of the year. Yeah, so the, we've just um, 
I mean, any excuse to get to that splinter office. But um, <laughs> is it gorgeous? Well, it's, it's, it's a workshop, but they are just. I mean, they are adorable. I <laughs> they are just the loveliest bunch. Um, and I and I do love working with them. It's a business I admire. Like, um, so I love working with them. Um, and I love when you go to the office and they turn their their computer screen and there's their vision just staring in the oh, face. Wow. Just yeah. So I love that. Um so they we have just signed off on the design. So um we we are hoping to that they will start work maybe November time. So yeah. That's amazing. I know. I'm very excited. That's so exciting. And it's particularly, I think it's just such a testament to your personality and to your vision for the business that you've taken. It could be a very challenging time and actually really learned from it. And, and actually it's going to change your business and continue to evolve it. And I think that's, that's really, that's lovely to see. I, I think, yeah, it is. And I think... The thing I have noticed during these times is who has who has the fight for their business. Mm. Like who's going to fight for this? No, like there's nobody else comes in to bake for me, um, or you know I have a t- we have a team. But you know the bottom line is it's you know it's mine, and you have to mm. fight for that. I mean we were very very lucky that the demand was there. Mm. I mean I was very lucky to get three weeks off, and then the honeymoon <laughs> slice brigade were desperate and having withdrawal symptoms so I who are the honeymoon slice brigade well there's just people that love the we do this thing called honeymoon slice um and people go crazy for it and they were the ones that were starting to message me like love when that. can we get honeymoon slice when are the buns we're missing the buns i need buns but <laughs> we have to thank um a pregnant lady who actually messaged me and said, I am craving your buns and I miss how many ones pregnant. I'd like to get my hands on them. And I was like, oh, I'm going to have to go in and do something. So I did. So I start. I did one round of very simple sort of online stuff and it went really well. And then we just went online. So I baked on my own for maybe five, six weeks. Uh, with online orders but it got ridiculous they were we were selling out really fast and people were getting frustrated they couldn't get stuff and I take things extremely personally so you know I was getting messages saying you know I, I couldn't get an order in today why aren't you making more stuff and I'm like it's me on my own I can't do yeah. anymore I, I, I can't bring the team back it's not safe to do so you know um and then then I did bring um, one of the bakers back and we then started to open the shop so people could get stuff um, and we have been very lucky that the demand has been there for what we do um, but but yeah I had again I had to f- fight for it I mean yeah. I, you know, the other thing is I, I'm no good doing nothing so <laughs> to be at home it's not for me <laughs> so it was easier for me to go in but I did think what are we going to do do I just stay at home do I furlough myself do I what do I do but my natural thing was to go in and bake I love that and it could be a way to um 
to process a bit of it as well because I'm a I'm a huge foodie myself and I feel like it's such a it's a very therapeutic process sometimes actually cooking maybe not on the on the on the mass that you do the the amount that you have to create but it can be a really way to process some stuff that's been really difficult because it feels very well it's like crafting isn't it it's like sort of a physical thing that you're doing to just sort of take out some of the stresses and some of the stuff that's just in your head or well certainly for me at this time where I just found it such an escape did you find I do, that I do, I do think that and I also think as well for me I kind of fell in love with it all over again oh. I think a lot of the time I'm so exhausted so tired you know I, you know you're trying to juggle everything you know I've got staff I've got you know, bills to pay, you know, suppliers to pay, you know, trying to make sure all the orders are in place, blah, blah, blah. Um, and it can be just a lot. So I think mm. taking the three weeks off is great, caught up with sleep. Uh, and then I got to go back and just be in that space on my own. Now, that doesn't mean I don't, you know, love the, the people I work with. I do. I'm invested in them. And I, and I love the, the girls that are there. And I love is working together and I love what we create as a team. But for me, just being in there on my own, in my space, doing what I do. Also, it kind of reaffirmed for me that you're good at this, Leslie. Because sometimes yeah. I had lost sight of that as well. A lot of the times in the shop, it won't maybe have one person who creates something. So if we look at the lemon meringue pie, for instance, lemon meringue tart somebody could have made the pastry somebody could have lined the tin somebody else has made the curd and then somebody else has made the meringue and finished them so we can't always say that something's just made by one pair of hands because it's not same with some of the birthday cakes I may have baked the sponges in the morning but actually it becomes somebody else's job to finish that cake um so Mm. we we never I haven't become bogged down and you know she did this or they did that so but for me those weeks were about were quite nice for me because I was like you know you're good at this Leslie and I needed to reconnect with that in a way that I I think I had lost sight of for a wee while you become bogged down Mm. with making enough money taking on all these orders actually it made me stop for a wee while and appreciate what we do at the shop and that we're good at it and you know what I mean I, I'm my harshest critic at all times but uh, so that was nice and I think I've gained a lot from that actually yeah and it's like you can just look around look around your shop and think I did all this and you you did it all like you've just you got yourself there and it must be a really lovely like you say a lovely feeling um well Leslie I could talk to you all day you're oh, a- no. absolutely fascinating <laughs> no it's it's so lovely to hear your story it really is and I wonder if we're going to ask everyone on this show this if you could tell me who who is your favorite like independent business or who who, who either is gone through this tumultuous time in a really kind of innovative way or who is just somebody you really admire either in Edinburgh or across Scotland do you have anyone in mind I have found this really hard to pinpoint one person or one business um and I probably will split this into two the businesses that have inspired me or have inspired me is a bakery in Glasgow called Cotton Rake Mm. and I think they are incredible they have a small shop open kitchen 
uh, and they do consistently basically the same things every day. They do seasonally change things, but um, yeah, every time I go there, everything is spot on. And 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 the yeah, I went to that. I would go there and be like, "This is what I want to have." Um, and they have been a massive inspiration to me in setting up the shop. Um, but during lockdown. Um, oh, it's hard because there are so many people out there that are doing great things. But um, one of the businesses, there's two female-led businesses that I do love, and that is Groats the Porridge. Oh, yes. Yeah. Beautiful people, which is always the starting point. Absolutely. Lovely, lovely people. And I think their product is on point. Mm-hmm. It never disappoints. And they have continued to push I mean they don't have a space for us to go there so for them you know they have an industrial unit all the corporate uh, orders they have disappeared overnight because all the offices weren't open and Orla had to you know think of something else and they all they went online delivering and it's just been lovely to see and they are a business that I would champion the other one is Pie Dolly, who does all the yes. pies. Another female, another really nice girl. And I just, I mean, her product, again, on point, never disappoints. And she, again, just, she could not keep up with orders and has been able to, following lockdown, employ her first member of staff. Oh, wow. Now, that is incredible. You know, that yeah. you've, you're, it's, the, it's the same We. We had we got to take on a new baker during lockdown. Wow! Um, so I think that is, uh, though. Yeah, those ladies are doing doing it's food fantastic. business proud. Yeah, because I think that's exactly what. Well, I, this is part of the reason why I wanted to start the podcast. Is I feel like it's actually the independent businesses and the local high streets that people are really connected with during this time. Particularly because we can't. Well, we're all kind of been we've all got to be given like a five mile radiance to to kind of be around and walk around but it's just that we're reconnecting with businesses that really mean something to us because they've they've given us something and I think customers are really I I think they're just preferring that kind of style of business actually rather than a faceless corporation that doesn't really you know it's they just they can't connect and they, they cannot offer that service which you've talked so beautifully about and that 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 love that you've put into the business it's just so obvious and it's just it's it, it when you go in it's just you'll see yourself listeners when you go in and you grab whatever well, actually that's my last last question was what is do you have a bestseller can you tell us what what is a big hit is, is it we the honeymoon a, we have a few big sellers okay. so honeymoon slice definitely and Empire, for those who haven't actually before you, for those who haven't listened uh, haven't uh, eaten a honeymoon slice, what is in it? Oh, so honeymoon slice is um, it's milk chocolate. So it's a layered sort of tree bake. So there's a layer of milk chocolate and then a, a a coconut layer, which is like the inside of a bounty. Oh wow! And then there's a layer of caramel, and then on top is more milk chocolate, but with puffed rice, so oh, you get a bit wow. of crunch. Wow! So yeah, delicious. Um, so yeah, it, it's great. Um, so that's a big, and it's and it's made without gluten. So it's, it, I mean, it tastes awesome, but it also it helps with you know people that can't take gluten. So we have the honeymoon slice, definitely. Empire biscuits. 
if I had a police box selling coffee, the only thing I would need to sell is Empire Biscuits. Wow. Uh, People love them. Do you love an Empire Biscuit? we, we We could sell them every day. I just, and lots of customers know this, I hate making them. So they're not out out on there every day. But we have been told we do make the best Empire Biscuits. But I think a lot of that is down to um, biscuit ratio, jam ratio. We make our own raspberry jam that people say is incredible. And I think that's a lot to do with it. Um, So Honeymoon Empire Biscuits, the cinnamon buns have obviously became a massive massive seller. Uh, And the carrot cake. We have carrot cake every day. On every so we change up how we sell it every day, but there is carrot cake every day. So we either do it as a full cake, we do little baskets, big baskets, or a a bunt. But we cannot get away from having carrot cake on the counter. Oh, it's glorious! And my the snickerdoodle ones. Oh, the snickerdoodles! Yeah, I love that. I remember they were one of the first things. Well, I remember discovering what snickerdoodles were uh, when I was about. 11 and I remember cooking them and making them for family and and when I saw them that you did them I was like oh, somebody else knows what they are this is yeah, amazing yeah 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 They're delicious so anyone listening if you love cinnamon sugar so it's just gorgeous uh, Leslie thank you so much for your time today it was been an absolute pleasure and just I can't encourage anyone enough to go and visit you I think you're fantastic and the passion and the time that you've put into it uh, I just wish you all the best I can't wait to head down after this and just go and buy a whole bunch of cake because I feel like <laughs> um, so thank you again uh, and we look forward to seeing this new new shop fitting and where it's going uh, later this year thank you again Oh, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Not at all. Thank you. Thank you for listening. I really hope you enjoyed the episode. If you did and you want to support me to continue to make the show, I would love it if you became a patron by clicking the link in the show notes. From as little as the price of a coffee a month, you'll receive behind the scenes content, blog posts and lots more. Click the link in the show notes to find out more or head to patreon.com slash independent thinking. Bye for now.